Hey, Brandon. Hey, Alan. And welcome to Dice Over Everything, the miniatures gaming podcast. So lately, we've oddly been building GW models lately, which is something I guess people who know us will, will not have heard for a while. Yep. So... What, what's changed? I know. What, what's gone wrong? Exactly. Something's, something's been broken, clearly. I think we've painted and, and, and collected a lot of other things, so now buying a GW model is kind of a novelty. At least that's kind of how it is for me. Yeah, and I think the sculpts they've come out with lately are like way better. Like stuff they've produced since 2017 has really been killing it. Yeah, so much higher that's, quality. That's possibly been drawing us back into it. But even then, I don't think either of us were completely like thought the models were perfect. So we've been going at... There's some really good models, but a lot of them, you, you kind of got to touch them up a little bit. Yeah, exactly. Which I guess brings us to our topic for today of doing conversions yep so yeah so our topic we're going to talk about uh how do you make whatever kind of models you uh look the way you want them how are you going to convert them uh so let's let's get to it what what about uh games workshop models did you find you needed to touch up so for me, I bought the Blood Bowl Underworld Creepers, which is a combination of Skaven and Goblins. Mm -hmm. So the Goblin Troll, they've got a couple of them out there, mm -hmm. but I wasn't, they've got two main sculpts that are fairly recent, but I wasn't yep. happy, totally happy with either of them, mainly with just what, what they're holding. One's using a, another Goblin as a weapon to throw, which mm -hmm. might just be repositioning him as far as the rules go. And the other's got a an ogre leg in its hand. And I'm like, eh, now that these really fits my thought of what this army is. Mm -hmm. So I just gave him a whole new wrench token as a weapon. So, mm. so you just felt like this, this the overall sculpt is pretty good, but you, you needed to tweak it a bit. Yeah. Yeah. I've just got a vision for like what this ogre is and then just his weapon didn't fit the vision. I often find that like weapons are one of the biggest things that you end up swapping out which mm. it might be mostly from a rules perspective that, mm -hmm. okay, I've got this, maybe there's one sculpt of that model out there with that weapon, mm -hmm. or maybe I don't even have that. They don't even make it. Or you mm -hmm. only get one of them in the pack and you want like a different looking one or something. So you mm -hmm. end up, like I find weapon conversions are the most common thing I end up doing. Yeah. I, I, one of the things, especially if you buy something like Games Workshop uh, models where you get a lot of the same sculpt right because they might have um you know you, you in 40k let's say or, or fantasy you you're gonna need like 30 models of one general look of, of, a, of a person right but you don't really want all of your guys to look the same right even if when you're playing you don't really notice it when you're not playing and you're looking at your models it starts becoming incongruous right when you look at these two models and you're like wait a second those guys are literally the exact same model, right? Yeah, I think GW of old had even fewer different variants of the sculpts. So I'm thinking back to the days of like Marines yeah. from 2010 or prior. Mm -hmm. I would end up just cutting their arms in all sorts of ways because they're plastic, you can do it, just mm -hmm. to reposition their bolter in some new direction so every guy yeah. wasn't bolter the same way. But Yeah, they were called quote-unquote multi-pose, but... Mm -hmm. 
they didn't look right except for a very small number of, of modifications. And it's like, technically, you have an infinite number of poses between holding your gun. Uh, but that's just like the mathematical idea because you can hold your gun like you can rotate it basically 15 degrees. So mm -hmm. technically, it can be you know, 45 or 45.1 or 45.2 or 45.3. And that is the different pose. But then they all still look, end up looking the same. So how, what do you want to do when you want to change that up, right? To make it look significantly different. You got to go in and convert that stuff. Yeah, I think with us playing Infinity lately, that where you only put so many guys on the board, mm -hmm. but you don't end up having multiples of the same, same sculpt as often. Mm -hmm. And it's all metal. So mm -hmm. it's a big barrier to conversion and you don't need to be converting them as much. Just wasn't doing that many conversions. But I realized as soon as I came back to GW and plastics, it's like, oh yeah, start going right back to the conversions. Yeah, so I really, when you think about it, why do you want to convert it? You said, you know, you want to swap with the weapon. Maybe you don't really like how it looks. A lot of it is like, you just want it to be special and different in your own, right? Yeah, I mean, if you have, if there's like one centerpiece model, but then mm -hmm. everybody keeps bringing that same centerpiece model. You don't feel like mm -hmm. your version is special. Yeah. So, if everyone runs Magnus and then, you know, like even though it's supposed to be so awesome, everyone else's Magnus looks basically the same. It's just a little bit sad. And so of yeah. course you can change things up with a paint job, but you know, it'd be even cooler if your Magnus was holding a, I don't know, a big giant chainsaw. Now he's different. Exactly. It's got to go either make yourself a chainsaw or get one from somewhere else. Mm -hmm. Yeah, take it from like a spawn toy or something like that and put them on him. Uh, yeah, so uh, any other kind of reasons why you end up converting things besides, you know, weapon swaps, maybe for the game, right? You want this guy to have a gun instead of a sword because that's better in the game, or you want to make it different, you want it to be a super special snowflake. So I think often if I've got an idea for the theme of the army uh -huh. and the guy's look just doesn't fit into that theme quite right, whether it's like some parts of his clothing have too many skulls and he's not supposed to be a skull guy, mm. or maybe he is supposed to be a skull dude and you've got to add skulls onto him, or you just want them all to have maybe like a particular type of hat, just your view of yeah. how that army is going to work. Or just so you might love the actual sculpt, but to fit into the theme of, let's say, the greater piece as in your army or maybe if you're doing a diorama or something you need to change it up right yeah exactly yeah bat wings get rid of the bat wings yeah, maybe you put on to. angel wings instead mm -hmm. it's a common yeah, change yeah if you're blood angels with like their angel wings are like no 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 my my blood angels are like darker <laughs> they're actually bat they wings. need bat wings or my my Blood angels are are a little bit more uh, what do you call it? More forest foresty. Now they have fairy wings on them. Mm -hmm. Exactly. So just usually the idea of the army and someone who doesn't quite fit into it. Mm -hmm. Like you don't want to go do your whole army, but just a couple guys who like don't fit. Often mm -hmm. get a lot of conversions. And then it often sells your entire piece because the one thing when someone looks at your blood angel army, they will notice the things that are different about your army than the others. And then they'll look at the bat wings and that'll almost add an extra layer of theme to the entire army just by the small few changes on let's say your jump pack guys, right? Yep. Oh, what else? 
So with it, thinking back to Infinity, because we played that so much, I realized that because there's a very limited number of sculpts for Infinity, and they're not multi-pose, that in that game, oh, maybe be one or two sculpts for a profile, but often profiles will have five, six weapons to them. So with playing Infinity and building the models for Infinity, I found I was often doing like a lot of weapon swaps on there, which unfortunately it's metal. So you're kind of like destroying the miniature. Yep. That it becomes a big question whether you really want to destroy this expensive miniature and whether it's if the conversion is even going to work out. Yep. Yeah, I think this is one of the big things. It's like we've talked about the reasons why you'd want to. I guess what you're getting at is why would you decide not to do a conversion, even if the call of of unique special snowflake is is getting at you? Yeah. So if you've got even GW models are quite expensive, and some of the bigger Infinity models are expensive. If you're looking at fifty dollar plus model, mm-hmm. you're like, well, I've got this idea in my head, but once I start hacking away at this model, you can't go back. Yeah. You've, yeah. You've never, and if the conversion doesn't work, you can potentially make the thing worse. Yeah, so I feel like one of the things is like, what before you do a, a conversion, you should definitely ask yourself, do I really want to do this? Is it really just like a spur of the moment kind of thing? Or am I okay with my, mag, my normal Magnus looking, you know, like all the other Magnuses, right? Because technically Magnus or whatever kind of model you're looking at, it's a beautiful model in and of itself. Mm-hmm. Maybe you... At the moment, you want it to be special, but you also have to think, you know, when you apply your your own paint job and you put it into your own army, it will have its own theme and maybe that's enough, right? Because often you have to worry about, you know, there's a reason why these sculptors pose their models in that way. Often it's going to be the best way that model is going to look, right? Yeah, and when you've got a... When you do conversion work, you've always got to do, typically got to do a little bit of green stuff work. And the bigger your conversion starts getting, the more and more of your own sculpting work you're going to have to put into it. And I think the majority of us aren't like the greatest sculptors. Usually sculpting for people who do miniatures is below the level of miniature painting. Mm -hmm. So you're totally at risk of not doing a good job with the sculpting, especially since once you prime something up, like you'll often see different, deficiencies in your model just like when you prime something you'll see all those mold lines you miss you yeah. think you might have done a good job with that green stuff and then you prime it and you're like oh my god this is i gotta smooth this in and out i gotta get back to it yeah this is really deformed yeah so like there there's always the risk and i think basically the more and more expensive the model gets the more you've got to be hesitant about whether you start like, ripping the thing apart because there's no going back yeah if you can just buy another one for like 10 bucks whatever also, if it comes, if you pack, realize that actually the original skull looks better, you can throw it out and just buy the original one and just do that. Sure, go like, for it. Nobody ever knew this happened. Yeah, or if it, but if it comes in the box of like twenty other guys, and the only way uh-huh. to get it is by buying like this hundred and fifty dollar box. Like, mm-hmm. oh, I'm not going to get another one of these things. So. At the same time, depending on how you're doing it, where you're talking about weapon swap, or you have twenty models that are very very similar. Uh, if it's if it's not like the spread like infinity where every model is different right but like 20 model of the same unit if you screw up your conversion you can always shove it in the background yeah. and have nobody notice the fact that one of your guy's arms is like super extra long or extra short or bulging in the wrong places so yeah. usually with small yeah. conversions like weapons in that 
you can often just take the weapon you plan on putting on him and just kind of position it in front of the model so you can see how it would look. But the bigger and bigger the conversion gets and the more parts you've got to put together, the harder it is just to kind of like overlap. I find if you just like and know how it actually will look, right? Because you might need to do a lot of work to make it look right. Mm -hmm. Yeah, if you've got yeah. like resculpt the whole arm that goes back to the weapon, you're getting really intense now. Or if or resculpt like a handle if it's a two-handed weapon, so it so your hands uh, match. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So I definitely think there's there's something to be said about, about that. And, and what, one of the things I think that the reason why I'm going looking at a lot of Gates Workshop models is, is the quality is because the previous models, although they're, they were supposed to be, you know, multi-pose, the actual number of different poses, because it was supposed to be multi-pose, it limited how the actual models needed to look, right? Because, you know, if it's a ball and socket joint, then there's only so many positions you can put the arm where it'll work. So, but once they've moved away from the ball and socket kind of idea where, where they have this kind of fake monopose, they, the sculptor is able to sculpt the models in much more dynamic poses, which actually, like if your model looks so much more dynamic and cool, you have a lot less reason to do a significant, uh, a significant conversion. Because again, the, just the models look so much cooler already, right? Yeah, because before our, a lot of the sculpts would just be the guy holding the bolter in the same position or the Eldar yeah. holding their shuriken cannon in the same more or less position. Mm -hmm. But if you've got a pretty dynamic pose and you have a little bit of flexibility to it, mm -hmm. like if you only have two of them in your whole army, that's fine. Mm -hmm. If it's yeah. like two amongst... If it's like, just one, there's almost no point to even convert it. Yep. Except for, like you said, weapon swaps or things like that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and the weapon sculpts are usually less dangerous. Although yep. the question is, like, GW fortunately comes with lots of bits, so you'll often have the bits lying around to use for the conversions. But uh -huh. then when you get to a game that's not bits based, which is like mm -hmm. most other games, most other games, and most of your pewter miniatures, you're now looking at buying an entire other miniature just for its weapon, mm -hmm. which the cost definitely can rack up. You now double the cost of the miniature, which if you do do a couple of your guys in your army, that's fine. Like, whatever. It doesn't increase the cost of the army by that much. But if you're mm -hmm. thinking of, like, doing a whole squad and changing their whole look, like 10 mm -hmm. guys and changing all their looks to give, like, you want a different head from a different model, you've now just, yeah. like, turned a $50 group into a $100 group, and yeah. maybe it will look better. So I often stay away from... From large-scale kind of army-wide conversions. Yeah. especially if they require pieces from other models where you're, you're cutting up two to put into one. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, no, yeah. I, think, I think I'm going in a different direction. So yeah. What are you thinking? Mm, I've already forgotten. Oh, okay. So I think fortunately for us, our days of playing 40 K are mostly over, mm -hmm. but nowadays there's... that's another reason why i just wanted to throw that in there <laughs> another reason why i'm more okay with 40k models because i have no real drive to play games workshop games mm -hmm. and so the models are are actually a lot better than their games so if i'm just buying for the models i feel a lot less uh crappy because i know i'm not actually going to play a, a most games workshop games although i did buy into uh blood bowl which is i think overall the best one 
I've, well, I've seen so far. And uh, yeah. Well, as, as have I, as I said before, and I also ended up converting. So we'll, we'll get back to that. I'll go back along the same line of thinking. But fortunately, fortunately for us, to, because our spending power was not that great when we were kids and playing 40K, nowadays there's all these third-party companies out there Mm-hmm. that produce bits for them so that you don't have, maybe if you don't have your own vision of what your army wants to look like, but you go mm-hmm. to these third party makers and they've got variants like to make your chaos space Marines look more Egyptian or maybe to put more like more wings on your tanks. If you're playing with what <laughs> angel army, like just having all the panels on them. Have crazy I just wings. imagine giant bat wings coming out of your tank. I'm thinking awesome. flax, flax with like wings. I know, I know. This is what you meant, but I just like just putting wings on your tank would be. I think people should do that. If I was going to convert tanks, now that, that I think that's what I would do. I, I don't want. It's going to be over the top. It's going to be the most cartoony army ever. Oh no, I, I don't want to think about this because that just brings me closer to doing crazy things. <laughs> but like with all those third parties making parts out there, if you don't have your own like idea for the army, but you think that they've made really cool parts. And now there's this whole new avenue of converting out there that these like Chrome Black, yeah. Max Mini, any you want to name that you really like the look of? Um, Chrome Black, I really enjoy and use a bunch. Because you've even used uh, Well, I can't remember them on. Mostly I use Chrome Black, so I can't remember the other ones. I've used a couple of the other ones, but. Uh, I don't remember their names. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we're, we're fortunate to have a store that stocks all these things around us. Yeah. To be able to go and see the parts in person also matters because like the scale may or may not be right for your conversion project. But It's 40K. Who cares? It's heroic scale anyways. Everything is super deformed. Yeah. But I think luckily, luckily I'm not playing Space Marines now because otherwise I would have bought hundreds upon hundreds of dollars of third-party parts. It would have been fun. Luckily... Luckily, I don't have to carry around journal like that. So it's that whole avenue. And for fantasy, like there's a lot of good fantasy parts out there thinking of Reaper putting out their weapons packs, which have a lot of individual weapons. They don't have, it's not so much that you can get a whole bunch of one type of weapon like from Reaper. There's other people that will sell you weapons packs of like basic bows and stuff. Mm -hmm. But if you were trying to maybe create D&D characters or leaders that have particular staffs or like crazy looking weapons, Reaper has a lot of really good looking weapons packs out there i think they have at least a dozen that come with oh interesting i actually didn't know that maybe 10 weapons each so for our game i've been making use of a lot of those weapons just to to change sculpts like if you don't like are, a weapon are pack, they are they plastic or are they metal they are metal which is okay. good for weapons because often plastic weapons will get deformed mm, so and they're easier to break especially when they're that small yeah okay and they're easier to sort of turn the end into a pin and stick it into your yeah. guy's hand Mm-hmm. Those those I found have made for good conversions for just standard fantasy. Okay. Oh, thinking thinking back to War Machine though, did you do a lot of conversions with War Machine, or mostly just stuck with what they? I had? actually did more conversions with War Machine because War Machine was the last real like mass battle kind of game that we played, yeah. and you know it, it's not it's not the hundred model thing of of forty k or fantasy, but it is like fifty models, right? Um, so, and there, you know, there are, are units of 10. So I would try to, again, right. When you would buy a unit of 10 guys, you'd maybe have three or four different sculpts. And so I did try to, you know, convert those with guns, different, slightly different post arms, um, and stuff like that. So I did, I did do a bunch of conversions on that point. 
And another thing is like a lot of their war jacks, right? Which is their heavies. Um, they look the same if you wanted to run three of them, right? Okay. So you might want to, to convert them a bit. Uh, and I did have a specific type of war jack that I didn't like the look of their weapons. Um, it was the Marauder, I believe. It's a Cater Warjack with that had like um, bulldozer hands. Uh, but I didn't like the idea that their entire hand was a bulldozer, so I converted them into fists with like bulldozer uh, iron knuckle. Uh, what do you call it? brass knuckles? Yeah, yeah, that was a pretty good one. Yeah, that actually took a really long period of time just cutting them. Mm -hmm. that, the right. war machine though does remind me that because there were so many poses that are similar. Mm -hmm. uh, one fortunate thing about like people say that converting plastic is much easier than converting metal. But one thing that Pewter does let you do is you can basically bend their arms and other smaller parts to a smaller mm -hmm. extent without yeah. it breaking. Yeah. So if you want to do minor reposes on arms and legs and things like that, yeah. you can often do a cut at the joint to thin yeah. the joint down a bit and then bend it, then just fill the that cut you've made back in with glue yeah. stuff. And, and, get and a little bit of glue to harden it up. Mm -hmm. and you have something that is at least if you're talking about making sure that the poses don't look the same it's a lot easier to do without like a full-on a lot of work yeah yeah with plastic you you can't bend it at all you have to cut it put it back together then green stuff the whole thing again but yeah. luckily with the metal like you can get a little bit of change with okay so i guess this is one of the big things you want to get get into the next part of 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 the topic which is the like now that you've decided that you want to convert things, mm -hmm. how would you go about doing it? Oh, are you talking like on a mask? Oh, like the actual techniques? Just in gen yeah, actual techniques and things like that. So like we, we, you just talked about metal versus plastic, right? Mm -hmm. um, you know, I don't think, there are definitely pros and cons, but I would say the general consensus is plastic is the way to go for conversions. Yeah, because it just glues together more easily. Your mm. you have if you have the right glue and you glue plastic to plastic, your joints uh -huh. can be pretty darn tough. But with metal, if you're and trying to you glue, don't have to set them so, like, you don't have to set them so long. Basically, even just with normal crazy glue, mm -hmm. um, uh, sorry, super glue. Those are the same thing, right? Crazy glue and super glue. Is crazy glue just a brand name? A brand name. I think so. Anyways, whatever. Um, yeah, so because plastic is so light, even if you're not using the whatever plastic glue that melts the joints, mm -hmm. um, it allows you to easily pose things in, a, in an entirely different way and, and not like hold it forever, right? Yeah, because it's not, not going to fall apart under its own weight. Quite as yeah, because plastic is so light, right? Mm -hmm. So I do think I would agree. And then the other big thing is, you know, cutting, right? It is true. Cutting through metal takes a way longer time. And if you want it to stay, you sometimes have to drill a little hole and put a little pin in to make sure that the arm stays. This is like a super big pain in the ass. Yeah. So just thinking back to the thing about talking about weapon swaps, especially for fantasy, like if you want to take, say, those Reaper weapons, they won't come with a hand on them. So somehow you've got to get this blade attached to the guy's hand. Uh -huh. which that metal to metal or even metal to plastic glued joints that are really tiny will break apart really often. 
Yeah, and you just Henning, touch it and it pins. Yep. Henning, Henning's a giant pain in the butt on really small parts, but yeah. you don't have any other option, you can do it. But I find with doing the weapons conversions, if you've got a weapon that has the handle still on it, mm -hmm. that I'll cut the cut the bottom of the handle, the base of the hilt off. So the yeah. handle is still there, but then take pliers and just crush the hilt until it forms the shape of like a pin. Mm -hmm. so, you take, uh, so it becomes a pin. You take you flat pliers and just crush the handle the guy would be grabbing into the shape of a pin, then drill into the guy's hand to make the hole and then put that in. Cause just trying to take your pin vise and drill. It's like it's pre-pinned, yeah. As a pre just, yeah. Yeah, because the weapon's too small to drill into. So creating the pin out of the weapon itself often becomes the way to I find I go. That's a that's a good good point. Yeah. So that's one technique to use with metal. That's plastic. actually in some ways, if you're able to do that, is actually like you said, right? It's actually better than plastic. Because even though plastic will uh in these kind of ways can often stick, uh still the entire plastic piece is often really, really delicate. And often more delicate than the metal yep. with a pin, right? So oftentimes, you know, like it'll be metal is better than like, I'm sorry, metal is worse, right? Just with a flat sheet. Yep. And then it's better to have plastic where you can just glue it. But then it's even more sturdy if you're able to have that pin and jab it in. So metal with a pin is actually more sturdy than plastic without. Yep. Of course, like plastic with a pin, I guess, is even stronger, but. I don't think I've really seen that before. Like you don't even don't... You rarely even need to do that. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So pinning, putting on weapons, chopping them off, and and, and putting them on. Um, how about what are the other kind of ways that you do your conversions? So if you've got one part and you want to rep, maybe like you've got a symbol and you want to replicate it across a whole bunch of guys. Mm -hmm that you and I both have the silicone mold stuff. For anyone watching, there is silicone mold where you just put it into hot water mm -hmm. and then pull it out and then press the part into it. Yeah. I found that for doing like before we had the money just throw at conversion parts, I wanted to turn regular Marines into Blood Angel Marines or like Death Company Marines. I'm like, oh, but I only have so many of these guys. So you basically, you press the piece into the mold mm -hmm. and then let it cool down mm -hmm. and then use green stuff, push the green stuff into it. Mm -hmm. And then either just mash, mash the silicone mold onto the guy. So it forms the shape you want on the or other side. Yeah. Carve it out later than glue it on. Yeah. So now if you've only got one of those pieces, produce several of them. Like this morning there's the blood bowl tokens mm -hmm. and you need three tokens for tracking things in blood bowl. Cause you've got to track mm -hmm. your turn, your re-rolls and then your score but okay. often the kits of blood bowl only come with one or two of the tokens so i want they to actually do come with the two other tokens i think you used one for a hand though oh i don't like those tokens i'm talking <laughs> i'm talking about the coins i want to use the coins. okay okay so you so so blood bowl tokens come with two different types of tokens where you need i believe three trackers yeah. and you only want to use the coins you don't like the other tokens so then yeah. what do you do Exactly. You make more, but they're not going to be as good. By There's buying another box, <laughs> falling into oh, GW's trap. Yeah, that was the first thing I looked at. And I like, <laughs> no, maybe we'll hold back. Uh huh. So, so then you use the coin. 
Uh, so you use the the mold, the silicon mold. Silicon mold. Yeah, and the silicon molds are not that expensive, and they work decently well, actually. Yeah, produced reproduce some large parts, like they can reproduce shoulder pads pretty well. They don't deep detail like these coins is probably not what they're good at, but mm -hmm. it's fine if you okay. don't. If it doesn't. It's really easy. It's reusable. So yeah. if you screw up the first time and don't push it in very well, you just do it again. Also, for those who haven't used it before, I find if you're gonna the best way to mold the stuff, obviously be careful because it's really hot. You usually I find you let it cool down a little bit and smooth it to the shape you want. If you form the silicone mold into sort of a bubble shape, mm -hmm. don't make the silicone mold start off flat because otherwise the air will have nowhere to escape. Start the silicone mold off in a bit of a like a bubble shape, then press the piece into the top of the bubble. That way air has room to escape out the sides rather than getting trapped and forming air bubbles in the piece you're trying to recreate. And then the same thing goes that when you push the green stuff into it, into the mold, you have the green stuff in a bit of a bubble shape and then start pressing it into the middle. So the bubble then flattens out, like basically okay. into, a, into a hill shape. If you don't want to think of bubble shape, make it into a hill shape and press it in just so the air can escape through the sides rather than getting trapped inside all the little gaps. Yeah, which ruins basically the mold if it's there. Yep. Yeah, that's what all the time. That, that reminds me actually. The first time I used that uh, the silicon mold mold mm -hmm. um, is to help uh, create a long tentacle mm -hmm. for a model, a Crix model mm -hmm. that I gave to you. Yep. <laughs> Do you remember that one? Did you ever? Did you ever complete that model? Or did you ever paint that? No, because I never completed my Crix <laughs> repaint. Oh, I wonder how it would look. It'd be really interesting. Yeah, I actually, for that thing, I used the silicon mold and I wanted to make it, it was a long, I don't know how often this will come up for, for normal people, but it was a very long tentacle, right? Um, but it was green stuff, right? And I realized it's not going to stay if it's green stuff, right? Mm -hmm. Like it, because it'll just break off, right? Green stuff is re relatively durable, but you need something stable. So I actually ended up putting a wire in between inside and then inside the mold and then, you know, green stuff and then putting the um, green stuff, like pressing the green stuff uh, around the metal wire so that when it dried, it was on the wire. So when you did the silicone mold, because this is sort of a round tentacle, did you fold the silicone around the part to be remolded? No, I think I did it on two two sides, two two pieces, and then I, I put it on. It's it's been a long time. I don't quite remember. Because okay. sometimes I find I will just take the silicone and then fold it over the part so you can sculpt the front and the back at once. Because mm -hmm. getting the front piece and the back piece to mesh up is often really hard. Mm -hmm. So I've done it before, where you just sort of fold it over. Because the silicone, once it cools a little bit, doesn't fully stick to itself. Oh, interesting. If it so you have the two pieces. You do one, and then the other. Then you do one, and then as that one is cooling, then you do another part, and then you put that piece on top. After Use the same piece of silicone, and you uh -huh. just fold it onto itself around the part. Really? Yep. And, okay. the, and you can basically, because the silicone is so flexible, you can open it up again. Interesting. And then when you close it, when you put the green stuff in, you can then just close the mold again, because that's the shape it wants to form into. Huh. Okay. Interesting. Yeah, there's, there's a lot of use cases you can use with that stuff. Yeah, and it's pretty cheap, too. Oddly, Privateer Press created another version of the thing you gave tentacles that just has the tentacles afterwards. What do you mean? They came out with a second version of it afterwards. 
Oh, oh, if you buy the new set, you'll have more than enough tentacles is what you're saying. Yes. Yes, that's true. They decided well, was- back in my day, there wasn't enough tentacles. Oh, they it just had a ton of tentacles because, of course, more tentacles is more cool. Yeah, the new, the second version just had more that makes tentacles. Sense. That makes mm-hmm. sense. Yeah. So, That's what something? else? I guess. So, do do you want to talk about use of green stuff? Because you know, like we said, oftentimes you'll use different pieces, but when you get down to it. Once you, even if your the majority of your 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 conversion is like taking a whole bunch of different models and smacking them onto each other, right? Mm-hmm. Let's say you take a fantasy guy and you give him a whole bunch of guns to make him like a a retro future like a space knight. Um, you might have you might end up with issues because you might have gaps and things like that. Or or let's say you glued a, a gun uh, onto the guy's back. How are you going to make it look convincing? like the the gun has to be attached to something so what you need is is to put on a little strap or something like that so that the the gun actually attaches to the uh space knight's back Mm -hmm. so that's where i think you know green stuff comes in right and it's a very important kind of tool even when you're not often like even when you're not actually doing conversions it's really important to be able to gap fill and stuff like that Right. Yeah, for my conversions, I try not to rely on having to totally make new stuff out of green stuff. Mm-hmm. So, what do you do? You think about like, um, just the gap filling portion. I think means that most miniature, like miniature converters or, or miniature assemblers, are going to need to to know how to use green stuff, right? Yep. Yeah. So, I guess my first thing is like, if you don't know how to use green stuff learn how to use green stuff not even if you're converting but just how to fill in gaps yeah it's it's pretty basic even for really good miniatures Mm -hmm. you still need it yeah um and so if you're using it to fill in gaps you probably already want the sculpting tools yep so However, if you're going to try and sculpt like a little belt to attach, let's say, like I said, your, your space knight, that gun to your space knight's back, um, you're going to need to use those sculpting tools because trying to do it with, let's say, just your fingers and a paperclip, which I have done when I've forgotten like or not been able to find my sculpting tools, it's really hard. <laughs> you need need like a point and so you'll end up like going and getting like a tack or something like that try to use the tack to sculpt like the little thing and do the things you might as well just just buy the like when i was uh, before i was just i was just cheap and i didn't want to buy the the sculpting tool Mm -hmm. um did i end up buying one and forcing it on you yeah i I never bought one So, and I got to say that sculpting tool was really helpful. Like it's totally worth it. So if you're out there converting and you're using green stuff, like, like, like I said, to like, to make little straps or things like that, or just to, even just to like fill in gaps, buy that sculpting tool. I know it's super expensive and it's a ripoff. But it lasts forever unless you do something really stupid with it. Yeah. And it's totally worth it. It's literally just a curve on one side and then like a, a blade on the other basically just a, like a non-sharp blade on the other side mm-hmm. like a, a saw scalpel uh, and then on top of that i do have uh the dental tool dental pick mm-hmm. i have two dental picks um i bought a second one from the dollar store so like 
just look for your dollar store, go and look at the dental line. Hopefully you'll be able to find a dental pick. Mm-hmm. I assume it's not, I don't even know if it's a real dental pick, but it definitely looks like one. Uh, and that I find is a really useful tool. Just again, it's like the, it's like the, uh, the tack or the pin, right? Just with the points that you can do, you know, you can fine. carve into your, yeah, you can carve into things, do fine lines, do that kind of stuff. Yeah. I guess with green stuff, there's, there's different stages of it curing. Mm-hmm. Uh, we don't want to go too much into green stuff, but mm-hmm. when you want to carve stuff into green stuff, find mm-hmm. after you've waited till it's started to cure a little bit, it becomes mm-hmm. easier to carve hard lines into it. Like you can probably do the general outlines. Mm-hmm. But if you're doing something like a belt buckle, you probably want to leave it for a little while. I'm not an expert enough. And it depends on your type of green stuff too. Mm-hmm. But to come back when it's a little harder to then get the really the sharp edges or the, the harder corners and flatter pieces, mm-hmm. just go over them again. So they become yeah. smooth them out. Yeah. Yeah. It's just so you have more ang- So you can sculpt tighter angles because when the green stuff yeah. is so fresh, you can't, you just can't sculpt. It kind of pushes. It just mushes around too much. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but no, don't wait too long. <laughs> don't you wait too long. Too. Exactly. Honestly, yeah, green stuff is an entire topic all of its own, and and I'm not an expert. Mostly, I just use it for gap filling. Uh, currently, I'm I'm sculpting some uh, tree men with it, uh, very very slowly. Which is not a conversion. You just didn't like your tree men so much that you just like I throw everything away. <laughs> Did you I just buying? didn't buy them. I just didn't buy them. Oh, I thought they came in. Don't they come in a pack with the other halflings? No, the, the tree men are a separate buy. So I just mm-hmm. didn't purchase them. And I started making my own. I do have, I did basically have some branches. Mm-hmm. So technically it is kind of a conversion because I had some tree branches for terrain. Yeah. And I used that as a basis for some of the, the, like the, the tree man kind of hair. And then I sculpted everything else and it's, it's going okay. It doesn't look like super whatever, but I made them super, well, I tried to make them kind of cute. So it doesn't necessarily matter that they don't look, you know, as accurate as possible. And again, it's like, it's for Blood Bowl, which everything is a little bit silly. So it kind of fits, fits better in there. Yeah. I think things are base sizes are optional. You, unlike most games, you just push the guys over onto their, you just turn the guys over, which in most games, they don't want you to do that. So yeah, really bad for your miniatures. Anyhow. Yep. Yeah. So, um, did I learn anything while doing this? Not, not really. Like literally, it's what you know. Just figure it out. Uh huh. <laughs> That's what I feel like with green stuff. I, I feel like basically, I guess what what that means is that I'm just not skillful enough with green stuff to give a super amount of advice. Besides, you know, use very very small amounts of green stuff. And mm-hmm. try to do only the smallest thing possible and try not to make your, your buckles super complicated, especially when you're doing conversions, like a little, a little strap can go a long way in selling it instead of having to, to try to like carve in the entire buckle with all the little holes and everything like that. Mm-hmm. Don't overdo it, right? Do the simplest part, and and the good thing about green stuff is that when it hardens, you can go back if it if it works out well, you can go back after it's dried, and put on an extra little piece, right? So don't you don't necessarily have to work it all out in one go. Yeah. Or even make it look accurate. Like I said, just putting that strap on it, 
makes it convincing enough that, you know, with all of the actual sculpted parts, it sells the model without having the perfect buckle that you would want if it was a purchased model. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and you can also paint on some of the detail. I find when you sculpt yep. something, like it may, it's always easier if the detail is really there to paint it. But mm-hmm. if the detail is not there, you can usually just fake it. Fake it. <laughs> darker black lining, higher yeah. highlights, and you know it'll kind of appear. Yep. Hmm. Okay. What else? All right. Do we have uh, any other kind of things? We've basically gone through every single one of the topics I was going to cover. Yeah, no, we went through everything I was going to cover as well. All right. So do we want to go one last thing, uh, a baby's first conversion? Oh, like recent conversions? Or are we talking about no, no, no. I'm saying like if if you have a – a, if you're new to this hobby and you're you're getting in and you want to convert something, maybe some make something a little bit special, what would you recommend someone to start doing to, to get into converting? So one of the least like destructive ways is you can actually just green stuff, add green stuff onto your existing model. Mm-hmm. And if you screw up, you can just pull it back off normally. It's not yep. it's not as committed as you think it is. And often you'll want to glue your green stuff on afterwards. Mm-hmm. if it's on a really smooth surface. So mm-hmm. if you think that going and sculpting things onto your model is going to ruin it, mm-hmm. most of the time you can usually get it off. Resin's hard to get it back off. Yep. But most times you can kind of get rid of it. Yeah. So I would say first thing you do is I would say gap fill because mm-hmm. oftentimes that's not even a conversion, but that's like work that a lot of people don't put in because they're a little bit afraid about messing that up. Just yep. do the gap filling until you're comfortable with that. Once you're doing that, you get comfortable with that. Maybe do a weapon swap mm-hmm. first. Uh, maybe you know, cut off another weapon, put that on, and then go around. And once you know how to gap fill, you'll you'll understand how to fill in that gap of you know the, of where you place the weapon on to make it a little bit more smooth. Yeah, and when you're cutting things apart to convert, usually try to cut off less, not cut off more, because you can always cut off more. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then, yeah, and then re-sculpt, let's say the top of that, the guy's thumb or something like that is an, is a conversion that's good for the beginner. Yeah, if you end up cutting that part off, you can. that's something that's totally possible to put back. And and again, I guess the a last one that I, I, I did a lot uh, that kind of helped me get comfortable, there's two, uh, sculpting hair. Uh, just not, sorry, not, not um, I guess it's like, for like uh for jackets mm-hmm. like trim right so hairy trim i guess what you call it fur trim that's what you would call it yeah. i uh that is is kind of a relatively easy kind of conversion to do uh like because the fur to, to make it look kind of furry is is literally just uh you want it to look kind of random <laughs> right you want to have striations to make it kind of look random to make it like pokey and stuff like that which i find is a relatively easy beginner kind of thing and what a lot of people kind of want to do right you want to take a non-wintery model make it look more wintry right like they're from the north that's one thing that i find easy and if they're metal or or if you screw up you can always just rip that entire piece off and try again Yep. And even with because you're just adding, right? You're not, you don't have to cut something off when you're doing for a trim. Generally, you're just adding on top. Yep. Pretty much. 
yeah, if you're doing even gap filling, you kind of have to sometimes put fur in. So if they <laughs> cover up that that gap, yeah, they're furry skin, you know. Yeah. All right. Um, all right. So that's uh, that's basically it. It was a relatively uh, short one today. Oh, so one thing that's not actually totally related, but just mm-hmm. an aside that we notice mm-hmm. is often when you see people doing work in progress work online, mm-hmm. like, oh my God, this conversion is really amazing. Mm-hmm. It's going to look really cool in the end. Then they uh-huh. go and paint it and their painting is crap. <laughs> Either maybe they were just trying to rush it out the door because like, oh, everybody wants to see this finished. Or uh-huh. they're, they're just a good modeler and not a good painter. It's like, uh-huh. oh, that, that was really a letdown in the end. I see that so often. Okay. I, I almost worry about myself doing it because when I sometimes build cool shit, I'm like, oh no, am I going to fuck this up? And like every, like all these other well, people. you paint it? Yeah. Okay. I built all sorts of terrain a while ago. It was almost built from scratch large portions. I'm like, wow, it's really cool parts. They're not fucking painting up. So the final step of a good conversion is to paint it well. If yeah. you're worried about converting, learn how to paint well first. <laughs> Because it's true, actually, that uh, the paint job um, matters a, a lot, right? Yeah. Um, and and oftentimes, something that you want to make unique, I think we mentioned this a little bit before, is that um, oftentimes you can just make it unique by its paint job, mm-hmm. right? And even if you do convert it well, if you have a crappy paint job, it's not going to look good, Right. You don't want your your models to look like super special snowflake because they look the worst out of all of your friends' stuff. Mm-hmm. So, but oddly, I find that sometimes people who are really good painters are often not the best sculptors and converters. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's but true. They're they're kind of two different skills. Yep. I, I try and stay away from the sculpting, <laughs> but you know, there's time to learn. Yeah, you gotta have to. Uh, so yeah, so. Seems like a little bit biased, but yeah, the, the 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 final conversion tip is be a good painter or at least a decent painter, so your conversions still look end up end up looking good, and you can, like you said before, cover up any issues with your conversion with good painting, or alternatively, have a friend paint it, a friend who's a good painter go in and and paint your your beautifully converted model. Just another good good tip. Yep. Or pay someone. It's always possible. All right. So on that note, if you have any kind of ideas about uh, conversions that you want to talk about or questions about how you, uh, about a conversion that you're thinking about doing, uh, give us a shout, Uh, find us on Facebook uh, at Dice Over Everything group, or you can email us at contact at diceovereverything.com. Yeah. And we'll probably post some of our blood bowl conversions pretty soon. There. Yep, and it's definitely coming along. All right. Uh, this has been Alan. This has been Brandon. Bye.